Hello and welcome to day 18. We are nearly at the end of our special episodes. I hope you've enjoyed them. It's been a little bit something different than I've been wanting to bring you and has been planning for a while. Today we have an interview with Liz Beverly who works for the Ordnance Survey, a, syn- a synonymous organisation with the outdoors and it's incredible to hear about the inner workings and the uh, way that they work at the Ordnance Survey. Enjoy the next 10 minutes with Liz Beverly. Yeah, it's a really fascinating organisation for anyone who's into the outdoors. I, I, it's a it's a huge organisation. When you start looking into it, there's so many different aspects to to what you do. Um, this might seem like a really basic and silly question, but I suppose I've got to ask it. I would be amazed if there's anyone who's listening to this who doesn't know. But can you just explain what it is that the outdoors, uh, sorry, the Ordnance Survey do? Yeah, so the Ordnance Survey is actually the the National Mapping Agency of Great Britain. Um, But what people probably don't know is that we actually were founded in 1791. Um, So we've been around a a pretty long time. We were originally located in the the Tower of London, um, but we were set up as a a military organisation. So the existence of OS we owe to the the French, actually, um, through fear (laughs) of Napoleon invading um so yeah so that that's how it all started we started um mapping the south coast of england um and it was actually in 1801 that we produced the first map which took 10 years to produce oh my word (laughs) 10 years Uh, well actually do you know what how how long does it take these days to produce a map (laughs) oh gosh yeah that that is some question but a lot quicker than that (laughs) yeah i was gonna say yeah i doubt it's 10 years these days is it no, I mean, exactly. uh, it is a fascinating history. I looked into it myself. I said uh, before we press record that um, when I knew I was sort of you were coming to talk to me, I sort of started looking into the OS a bit more myself. And that's where you realise, one, how huge an organisation is and the mm. different uh, areas of the organisation, but also the history. It really is an amazing history. We could honestly, we could do just a podcast on the history <laughs> of the OS there's so much to go into, and and it did amaze me about the uh, the military uh, background and how it started. And, yes. and like say, who we've got to to thank <laughs> the French. I'm not too yeah. sure too many people would, so many people would be happy with that. But it has become uh, ingrained in sort of outdoors culture now. I think if you're into the outdoors, the there's, it's not a case of um. When I had uh, somebody from the Cicero on last week, I said to him, if you're into the outdoors, I'm pretty sure you'll probably use some of your products. When you've got someone from the OS on, you've definitely used an OS product on at some point. You must have done. It's such a vast and ingrained part of, of UK culture and outdoors culture. And that's what I want to sort of touch on here in terms of a lot of the other work that you do. So obviously you've got the mapping side of things mm-hmm. but there's a lot of, you do a lot of partnerships with things like the youth hostel walking a festival of walking the ramblers national trust get outside day so could you touch on some of those um uh, schemes uh, that, that you you're involved in yeah um so we've got a very clear mission um in ordnance survey leisure which is to help more people to to get outside more often so we know that it, it's good for your physical, your mental, your social well-being. Um, and actually what we want to make sure 
that happens is that when people do go outside, they have an enjoyable and accessible and a safe experience. So we do work a lot with these organisations around how we can give people the best experience outside um, and ultimately that they can have a good time. It's accessible to them, but keeps them safe as well. Mm, yeah, there's some really interesting schemes. I, I did. There's a lot of, again, since I started looking into it, I didn't know there was something called National Map Reading Week. That seems there right is. on my street. Yeah, exactly. So we're actually um, in National Map Reading Week now. So uh, <gasps> end of or beginning of August, uh, which is really exciting. So it's a whole week on focusing on those all important map reading skills um, and encouraging families as well, because we're entering the school holidays. So it's important to get children outside, keep them energised, even though the, the weather hasn't been that favourable mm. at the moment. Um but just making sure that they learn some of these techniques so that it can keep them safe and actually build their confidence as well. Mm, yeah, and it is a huge part of uh, uh, the, the sort of mental well-being of the, of the nation now. I think it comes up so often when I talk to people on this podcast about how uh, getting outside is, is scientifically proven to be good for you. And I've mentioned it maybe three or four times in previous episodes. I think in Scotland, you can actually now um there's doctors who now basically just say go for a walk <laughs> get yourself outside you can prescribe nature uh yeah. so it's it's lovely to hear that the OS are doing their bit trying to encourage people and from a young age to get out uh outdoors uh, a bit more often one thing that i was surprised to find out when i was doing a bit of research was that actually map paper map revenue for the OS is actually only about five percent is that right Exactly. Yeah. So as you touched on earlier, we're a very large organisation um, and we're divided into three separate pillars. So the the leisure side of things, so what we're best known for, our pink and orange maps, is actually the smallest part of the organisation. But the largest uh, part of the organisation is actually our data, um, which underpins organisations. So government organisations from local authorities to emergency services to financial services to insurance companies so anyone who who wants to use location data as an intelligent source to be able to to plan as well so it's really important so location is everything Mm. yeah it does it did really surprise me because I think I suppose visually when you're into the outdoors you go into an outdoor shop you see the paper max that's what the OS is synonymous with and they're more so uh, moving with the times into sort of the digital age isn't it I was going to say how how the OS, uh, uh, how have they changed in the last 20, 30, 40 years since the digitization of things? Yeah, so as I touched on earlier, obviously it took a lot longer to to produce a map. So um, when digitization began in the 1970s, that's when everything sort of really changed. So the cartographers weren't doing it by hand anymore. Um, It was digitized. We have two planes um, that fly across the country on a continual cycle. So often when the weather is nice, you can see a, a little plane flying back and forth um, and they're capturing data. So we, we capture around uh, between 10 and 30,000 changes every single day to, to the, the master database. Um, and that's capturing it through, through GPS and the multiple satellites that connected it um, to the planes and to the surveyors on the ground as well. That's a massive amount of 
changes? What, what, what do they sort of comprise of? It can be absolutely anything. So it can be an extension to, to your property. It can be a change in a road layout, a new roundabout. Um, but yes, we, we map the, the whole of GB. Um, so it's, it's really detailed. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I've actually just opened up, uh, I think, I don't know if it is the first map. In fact, I'll try and show you it. Uh, ooh, it's not going to work. Here we go. Apparently yes, that's one, that's one of it. the first, one of the first maps that was produced. It's fascinating to look at because also, and we might be backtracking a little bit here, uh, but the thing that strikes me straight away is there was an attempt immediately to give an idea of what the lay of the land is. They're not contours as such, but there's certainly an attempt. Yes, yeah. So the, the contours are, are one of the things that actually we've been concentrating on um, this week with National Map Reading Week, because sometimes people don't recognise what, what the contours are there for. So they just see a load of clustered brown lines mm. joined together on the map. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're just trying to encourage people to start understanding what the, the map actually means and how they can um, translate it into reality as well. I, do, I think um, going back to when you were talking about the changes as well, the 10, between 10 and 30,000, I can't get my head around that figure, <laughs> a day as well. And then you've got to day. make yeah. those changes on the map as, on the mapping as well. It's a huge task. How many people work at the OS? So I think we have around 1,400 at the moment. Um, mm. We were one of the few organisations that actually increased uh, during COVID. So oh. um, the pandemic... Uh, for us as an outdoors organization brought a lot of new people to the outdoors which was fantastic to see so we certainly saw a spike in um, the number of paper maps that were sold um, and also people using our digital maps os maps as well So thank you for listening to this uh, minisode, we shall call it. Uh, just a shorter version of the full episode that was released earlier in the year. If you like what you hear, then all of the episodes are still available. Go back on your chosen app and scroll through and dig and delve into the world of the Outdoors Adventure podcast and listen to any of the full episodes that you like the sound of. Thank you for listening, not just to this episode, for the, but for the entire year. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this podcast, and I hope you're enjoying the shorter episodes this month. I would love it if you would rate or review the podcast on your chosen app too. It does wonders to spread the word of the podcast and get it a bit more ooh, well-known and a bit of a wider listener base. See you next time.